Hello and welcome to Leaders to Go, a podcast series brought to you by Sports Business Journal, Leaders in Sport, and the Esports Observer. My name is Chris Hanna, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Esports Observer. Right now, you are listening to Conquering Geek Culture, and together with my guests, I will examine how digital entertainment and popular culture impact the sports and esports industry. Hear from the leaders who spearheaded culture and the ones driving it today, and learn what you need to know in order to not lose touch with today and tomorrow. Today, I'm joined by Chris Cheney. Chris, thank you for making time. Thank you for having me, Chris. I've been thinking about how I would best introduce you. You're active in sports, you're active in gaming, you're active in esports. You're doing so many different things. I'm probably just going to take the lazy route and ask you to introduce yourself. So if you just want to talk a little bit about what you've done, what you're doing right now, and basically what led you here, I would appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, and I will try to keep it brief. My background has been across sports, entertainment, esports, and gaming over the last 15 years. And uh, when I say sports, I actually mean primarily non-traditional sports, emerging sports, new verticals uh, within the sports and entertainment industry. Um, I've worked in action sports. I've worked in mixed martial arts and combat sports. I've worked in in rugby, I've worked in obstacle course racing and fitness, and obviously all of those have um, either taken off in the last 10 or so years or have seen highs and lows in the case of action sports, um, but they're, they're non-traditional. They're, they're, they're not basketball, they're not soccer, um, they're not American football, which of course is king here in the U.S. And I've always been excited about sports that have grown over the years and um, the communities that have backed them, the um, entrepreneurs that are building businesses in those areas, and um, and being you know being being within fast growing. Uh, niches across sports and entertainment. So even though my background or my career initially started in basketball, working for the National Basketball Association, I, I quickly pivoted to not only uh, become an entrepreneur and start my own company, but also to immerse myself in this non-traditional um, emerging sports uh, world. Uh, and that's actually what led me to esports and gaming and I saw some similarities between what I had experienced in mixed martial arts, what I'd experienced in action sports and some of these other spaces I've mentioned. And I was captivated by the audience, not just the size, but really the passion. And, and I fell in love. I fell in love with an amazing industry. It's been a, it's been a great journey. In this podcast, what I really want to discuss is something you touched on, and that's the convergence of sports, esports, digital entertainment, pop culture, and everything that merges together. When you build your company, Infinite Esports and Entertainment, you try to build a whole ecosystem. Can you walk me a little bit through this? Like, how did you look at esports? Like, why did you take the approach you took? You know, when I when I got into the space four and a half years ago, I felt that there was a really opportunity to build uh, in its simplest form to build companies, um, to build stories, uh, to work with great people um, and, and have an impact in the space. And, um, and so when, when Infinite came about, it was, 
it was actually not it, it was actually supposed to be uh, a startup incubator initially. Uh, it was supposed to be um, a a company that would launch startups and that would also invest in startups. That was actually the initial goal. Um, and and a team, an esports team or any sports organization was going to be a part of that, but but just one aspect to it. The team uh, was uh, and ultimately became a key part of the story, but the story was really about startups. It was about entrepreneurship in its truest form, at least to me. Um, so when we started this, um, it was actually called Project X. I, I, I just pulled it up and it was called a multi-platform investment an incubation vehicle with the goal of promoting the continuing growth of esports while building a market leading position in the space. What we ended up building and what we ended up launching in uh, 2017 was this hybrid company. We acquired Optic Gaming. We had a team in the LCS or NALCS at the time. We had a team in the Overwatch League. We ultimately added smaller team brands to our portfolio, but we were also a startup studio. We were an incubator. We were looking to build this ecosystem of companies that would work synergistically. So we actually launched six different um, infrastructure type startups that each had between two to nine people working for them. The long-term goal was to essentially spin them out as entirely independent companies so that they would be able to continue to service our brands and, and our needs, but really build um, a business, their own standalone business outside of that. You have raised outside capital for Infinite. And in retrospect, it looks like your initial vision did not really align well with the vision of the stakeholders that came in with the investment. The focus shifted towards the teams and not so much towards the startup and the ecosystem that you've been trying to build. Do you believe you've just been too early with your approach? Do you still believe that there is something to building this ecosystem? Sure, I've certainly done a lot of thinking. I would build it again because we had tremendous people. I felt we had some of the best and most talented people that really believed in this vision. Uh, I would build it a little differently. I think the team ownership side was maybe too much of a focus, and we can obviously talk about the team business model, but I actually think we should have focused more on the startup side and incubation and entrepreneurship, because I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around the team business model. And when you look at what teams are doing today, many, many of them, not all, uh, but many of them are really building businesses that don't have anything to do with team ownership. You know, a lifestyle brand in the case of 100 Thieves or even Face Clan, could they both stop competing in esports and still have lifestyle brands, very successful ones at that? And, and I would say yes. No idea if that's in their cards in the future, but fundamentally, they don't need to compete. Maybe today, as they're still growing and, and, and still cementing their foundations, but in the future, maybe they don't. Now I feel that we should have spent more time, actually, more focus on 
infrastructures and ventures and and ensure that those received enough focus uh enough um internal resources and 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 i probably would have uh, actually focused less on teams uh and had less teams at that instead of the multiple that we had maybe just had one team or two our team led the esports stadium arlington project from inception to to opening we did some great deals on the sponsorship side i actually think player development is where we should have invested a lot more focus and even the merchandising side it's a small space still within the industry and it will take still take a number of years to develop but uh, i'm i'm long on merchandising gaming and esports merchandising not just esports i i still believe in the model um would have done it a bit differently like i said I'm just going to put you on the spot for this now. How sustainable is the actual team business? It's a great question. I don't know if anyone knows. I feel like we're all guessing because we haven't seen the future. We can all make predictions and have our 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 thoughts and our beliefs, but fundamentally we don't know. Teams in some ways are looking at esports as a customer acquisition tool to ultimately monetize an audience through other ways. I think that's a fair statement whether or not the fundamental team business model will be sustainable in the future. I do believe that it will. I do think it will be sustainable if a few things happen. One, the costs need to be reflective of the revenues. There needs to be a balancing. Right now, in some cases there's just such a huge disconnect between costs and revenues so there's work to be done on the cost side on the expenses side revenues will continue to increase um slowly some cases quickly but you know we're seeing sponsorships there is a merchandising business there's a content business where you can make money you can make money through your social media channels the challenge is if you're paying 10 20 30 million in franchise fees in addition to the fact that right now things aren't evened out yet from our expenses and a revenues perspective that ultimately puts you so far behind uh meaning you're losing a million this year a million next year on top of 10 million franchise fees so you're 12 million already behind will you ever be able to make that up that part i'm not so sure 10 million plus to make back is not an easy number uh even with such an amazing sport like league but on a year over year basis i do believe teams can be profitable um or break even just when you add significant franchise fees into the equation i think it could be tough you know what some owners have said about the nba comparison It's very difficult to make that comparison. It's I get the idea behind it. I do because you're saying buying in early and then being a beneficiary of the long-term growth. I get that, you know, but fundamentally as we're seeing even now with Valorant, that game could supplant other games in terms of player base and and ultimately esports popularity within six months. within less 
maybe even within three months, who knows? And we look at Apex Legends. I mean, look at H1Z1. It's not that easy. It's not that easy to even make a game that's popular for five years, 10 years, 20 years. You know, as much as people in esports might be critical of baseball, I am critical of baseball. <laughs> uh, it's a slow game that seemingly hasn't evolved much in, in the last 30 or so years or however long. I don't even follow the game, but baseball will be around for 50 years. There's no question in my mind that baseball will be around for that long. I mean, one of the differences is just most traditional sports have had multi-generational success. Baseball going back... Um, I don't know, 100 years. I think the Yankees have been around for over 100 years, right? Or maybe 119 years. Sorry, <laughs> I just had to look it up. So that's that's just history. You can't just create it. History is just simply it's time. And maybe we'll look back uh, 100 years from now and then and here's League of Legends old 110 years. Um, so, so I think it's so generational a lot of these sports are so deeply rooted in the psyche of the people as well think about soccer in europe it's much more than soccer it's it's religion it it literally is a religion for people that's been passed on from generations and it's it's very difficult to supplant that it's very difficult to replicate that um something that's so deeply um rooted Traditional sports has had many, many decades of a head start compared to esports. Uh, but, but even if you look at traditional sports, we have new ones that have emerged. And I'll take uh, mixed martial arts as an example, where I've spent a bunch of time in, in MMA and combat sports. Um, and, a, and, and if you look at the UFC, I mean, the UFC has been around for going on 30 years and in reality, it really has only um, become mainstream success or uh, successful in the last five years or so. Um, I think when it, it's become really successful, maybe 10 years at the most. So, so you're talking about the first 17, 20 years of being pretty obscure and just fighting to survive, literally fighting to survive, and ultimately you acquire mainstream success. So there's a time factor um, in that as well. And there's other things, of course, that happen around having, you know, big personalities. You take Ronda Rousey and recently Conor McGregor and, and the like, and they become these superstar personalities. Do you believe teams need to be even more bold, carve out their niche, or how do you look at branding and teams? I do believe uh, firmly that orgs need to carve out a niche uh, for themselves uh, in terms of their brand and their brand identity. Part of it will be informed, I think, by the games that they're in, the region that they're in, the specific country that they're in, obviously the leadership at the helm and their own personalities and personal brands case in point of a hundred thieves and and even Carlos uh, from 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 G2 I feel that a lot of orgs have very 
cookie cutter brands. There is little that differentiates them. Take one name and put in another name and you don't even know the difference and uh, or, or remove the names from the things they do. And you look at it and, and 10 teams look exactly the same. You know, this might be a strong way to put it, but I feel like a lot of teams are lost when it comes to their identity and their brand. And then there are some teams that have created their own niche, their own identity, and they're like doing it really, really well. So you look at esports. Is it really, you know, football? Are we talking sports or more entertainment? I mean, I would say that sports are entertainment products, right? <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, uh, sports the, the big one is for entertainment. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I think in terms of in, in, in terms of how we're packaging it, I mean, we're packaging it and as an entertainment product, right? Um, if I, if I watch a marathon, for example, a marathon race, there's there's no fireworks, there's no LED sign. I mean, there is, right? But it's 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 about the sport. It's about the raw, true nature of running or cycling. Take the Tour de France, for example. It is about the sport. At its very core, it's about human competition. Um, if I watch the NBA, it's about show. It's about entertainment. I mean, do you need a behind-the-back a, a, a behind pass, a crossover dribble through the legs, 360 dunk? I mean, you don't, but it's about show. It's about having fun. It's about delivering something for the audience that gets them excited, creates highlight reels, and, um, and gets the internet talking. Um, so, and I think esports is more like that. It's it it is about it is about show. Uh, it's about having fun and, of course, winning and um, and winning at the highest level. Um, but it's it's an entertainment product to me, a great, <laughs> highly entertaining entertainment uh, product. Um, so 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 yes, it's 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 entertainment to me. If we talk about entertainment and we know how netflix looked at gaming we know how so many different sports teams look at gaming and what they say is you know we're not worried about the club next door we're more worried about league of legends and Fortnite. thomas bach at the ioc event even said that every we know the ioc and gaming they're competing for the same thing which is time of young people if you look at esports and how big the market is right now what what's your feeling about content saturation is there too much content um, yeah, that's a uh, that's it's an interesting question, and I agree with Thomas Bach's statement about you're competing for time. It's it, and it's always time. Net Netflix versus LEC, LEC versus the movie theater. I mean, yes. you're always competing for time because we have 24 hours every day. Um, but I actually don't see the Olympics necessarily competing with esports because i think you watch the olympics for example as just one example for different reasons you don't watch them necessarily for entertainment i think there's some national pride it's it's special it's once every four years it's you you get to watch some obscure sports that you wouldn't necessarily follow otherwise it has a completely different vibe sorry to interrupt you here but isn't this what overwatch league call of duty league and like the whole regional concept is trying to replicate i guess everyone's building something a little different. The Olympics were just one specific example, right? So, I, And I'll take Tour de France, for example, as well. I don't think you'd put on the one side Tour de France and then the other 
watching the LCS because I just think they're, again, they're different products. One is really about sports competition and phenomenal competition at that. I mean, like what the two of the fronts riders do is insane. And then the other is more entertainment product around LCS competition. But, but yes, I think the regional approach that we have in traditional sports is what primarily right now two leagues are looking to replicate with the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League. I think there's a belief that there is a local or regional audience that you can build, which I do think you can. Yes, how big that audience is going to be is something we don't quite know yet, and we're still in the early stages. Is it perhaps given that esports is borderless in some ways and it's, you know, digital a digital native audience? Do we have to have, you know, this hyper localization? I mean, it's a question mark, right? And and I, I, I don't think we need that, but it can be successful and we've seen it with, with our team. We had some early successes with our Overwatch League franchise, but there's a lot that you need to build over many years. And with that, do we have saturation? Uh, I don't know if we have saturation yet, but it's a crowded market. It's a very crowded market. And I think a lot of publishers, more so than a few years ago, are now immediately thinking about esports, right, for their games. And is there an esports angle, you know, and, and, and they'll do something, even if it's just moderately successful. That's more, that's eyeballs too. There's only so many people and there's only so much time. I think we may get to the point soon of some level of saturation. And if I if I look at viewership of certain leagues uh, this year, which is maybe not as strong as you'd want or as they'd want, there's a question of whether we're already there. But the, on the other side, it could just be that the, those leagues or certain games are just losing, you know, people are just losing interest, right? They may, they may not switch to other leagues. They might just lose interest, period. So that's something that I don't know. But considering the size of the audience, I, I do think that we might be getting to a point where there isn't a lot more room for really big, successful esports titles today. You can be small, right? I mean, a I don't know, Magic the Gathering esports, that can be small and successful. Smite can be around, but if we're talking about the level of success of a Dota or a CSGO, I, I almost feel like one of those would have to lose in order for someone else to win. What do you think is next for the industry or what do you think is going to happen and how does this affect what Chris Cheney is going to do throughout the next years? Yeah, well, I think we're continuing to see more mainstream adoption of esports, and, and, and that means we'll see esports in more places. We've gotten so used to seeing esports on Twitch, first and foremost, uh, and we, we will continue to see esports on Twitch, but I think we're going to see esports in more places, both in the news, uh, the mainstream media, which in that sense, I'm using mainstream as a positive. So ESPN is doing things and Fox Sports. And, 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 and I think that will unlock more brand dollars as well, because I think a brand will become more comfortable with esports. If it's on ESPN, then it's quote unquote safe right then it's it's okay it gets that stamp of approval and i think that's really uh that's really important brand dollars will i think in in turn 
increase um, the ability to you know bring on staff and players and and invest in growth and 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 whatnot. Probably also unlock long term more investment dollars. So I think all of those things will be a um, you know have a net uh, net positive uh, impact. Uh, so I see esports. Um, I think we'll see a dip a little bit just in terms of what's happening on the team side, just because of the in, the you know sort of macro what's happening in, in the world around us that none of us can unfortunately control. But I see a lot more mainstream recognition and adoption of esports. I do see some consolidation, meaning I think we will have. This is just a prediction. I might be entirely wrong, but I think we'll have a very clear group of the leading esports titles by the end of this year, and then basically everyone else. Um, I think it'll be a small group of five or so esports, and then everyone else will be pretty far behind. What's next for Chris Cheney? Continuing to be uh, on the entrepreneurship side, uh, which I've been passionate about since I've I've been in college when I first started my first uh, company uh, uh, first first year of college so continue to work with entrepreneurs in esports that's one um, as an investor as an advisor uh, I'm very active there and I'm, I'm seeing great um, great people doing great things lots of innovation uh, and then two being on the team side because I <laughs> I love it I uh, I think that that's you know there'll be some upheaval in the next 12 to 18 months. There'll be some pain I think to 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 go around. But I'm I'm long on esports teams. If you can carve out a niche in terms of your your brand, your brand identity, the region you're in, the games that you're in, with great leadership, some financial backing. Uh, I, I think you can build a really great uh, long-term uh, successful business and one, one that's also very nimble to respond to industry changes, which in, we're in a dynamic industry, so things will change quite a bit, continue to change quite a bit. So uh, digging deep back into the, uh, the team side. All I can say right now is thank you very much. That's really good insights. Thank you for sharing your thoughts so openly as well. And just thanks for making time and being here. It was fun, Chris. Thank you for having me. 